Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. What was revealed to you in darkness, revealed it in light. What was whispered in two years, shouted on the rooftops. Good afternoon, church. For all those that are joining through YouTube live streaming, we welcome you. If you're visiting us for the first time, we encourage you to stick around and ask any questions that you might have. And you could just comment on the live comment section, and our welcoming team, our care team, will be of any help that you may be in need. Um, Church, I want to share a couple announcements with you before we begin our service today. Uh, For the past four weeks, our church was involved in a citywide effort to come alongside of the community of the city of Brea. And every week, we have prepared boxes of food and fresh produce. And for the past four weeks, uh, we were able to uh, generate enough help and food for uh, more than 4,000 families and passed out around 8,000 fruit, I mean, fresh produce and boxes of food, canned goods and rice bread, and such. So I know that even for ourselves, for Rooftop Church, we've had quite a few volunteers in the past four weeks. We just want to say thank you. And in this difficult season and time, we encourage you, continue to encourage you to uh, seek out opportunities where you can bring about encouragement and bring help for those that are going through tough times. I know that uh, there was a meeting this past week that where we wanted to extend this opportunity to going into the month of October as well. So if you want to sign up and you want to volunteer uh, for, th- for that, um, go on feedbrea, I think, .com. No, it's not. So we will send you an invitation for that. I brought, two, I brought out two of my young kids yesterday, and they helped out in whatever ways that they could. And it was just a, a phenomenal opportunity where they can be uh, just hands and feet of Jesus, uh, being of help uh, to the people in need. Um, next Saturday, October 3rd, Saturday, 10.30 a.m., we will have our cooking online class prepared by our very own Paul Lee. He's going to teach us how to bake or how to make fresh biscuits from all from scratch. Uh, I can't wait to participate. I've never made biscuits. Um, I don't even know how it's possible, but uh, tune in. Let's participate. And, uh, you know, for me, more than anything, I'm just excited to see you guys, and we get to learn something, and we get to participate at the end of that activity, and we get to partake in the delicious food that we ourselves will have made on that day. So again, that's October 3rd, Saturday, 10.30 a.m. Blocks are resuming in just three weeks of time. Uh, I know that we took a long break in the summer season, more than three months, but now it's coming back. So that will take place on the third week of October. So the leaders are getting together. I'm meeting with them, and we're just so excited to prepare another wonderful season where you can meet your fellow church members online. And quite possibly in the upcoming year, I'm hoping that we will be able to see each other in person somehow. Uh, So we're preparing for that. So just make sure that I'm just letting you know that blocks will continue in about a month time or so. Last but not least, I want to share with you that um, just the importance of community, how we as a church long to be together, how we together as a church, we are desperately wanting for a time where we can gather together to pray and seek God's face together. I don't remember the last time, perhaps 
the last time we met together in this, uh, in this sanctuary was about more than six months ago. And since then, I don't think we've had majority of the church members gathering together to really pray and to really seek God's face. And I'm inviting all of you to participate in that. This coming Tuesday, our monthly prayer meeting, monthly prayer gathering is taking place. Presence. Yes, that's right. 8 o'clock this coming Tuesday, I'm inviting all of you to join through Zoom. And let us pray together. Let us worship God and really see God's face, inquiring of Him and, and wanting to seek what is uh, at the center of His heart, what it is that we ought to do in this season. So would you consider joining us that day? In fact, actually, I'm encouraging you guys. Let's get together. Let us pray and seek God's face together. Again, that's Tuesday evening at 8 p.m., I hope to see all of you that night. All right. Now, uh, again, this is, the, uh, now, uh, this is the eighth and the final talk of our Porch Talk series. Um, you know, more than two months ago, I simply wanted to create a, a, a way to contemplate and dialogue with you and for us to uh, uh, converse together on the things that we often struggle with we often want answers for. So uh, I kind of created this casual way to converse, and we covered a wide array of, array of topics during the past two months. And I certainly enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. And if not for the talks, I know that you certainly enjoyed pulling up to these talks and, and, and guessing the drink that I'm having today. So I'm inviting you again. Today, I'm drinking this drink. I took a big gulp of that. So refreshing. So cool. Again, you get one choice, one guess, and that's it. All right. You know, this season has been really tough for everyone, really. And, and we've dealt with just a variety of difficulties. Wouldn't you agree? It's been a crazy season uh, thus far. What a year it's been. 2020, I mean, it's certainly not over, but we've seen so much stuff. And unfortunately for us, we've seen more difficulties happening this year, uh, starting with COVID uh, in the month of March or even dating back uh, all the way back in January. And now we're still in this uh, uh, great crisis in the middle of pandemic. And we have seen wildfires not too long ago, right, spreading. I think um, uh, the fires near Acadia, Monrovia, that area, I think I, I heard yesterday it, it burned more than... Uh, 14,000 uh, 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 acres. I mean, that's crazy, just crazy numbers, right? We've seen wildfires. We've seen school shut down, stay home order all the time. And we have seen uh, just a, a, a uprising of social injustice issues continuing to divide this nation. And with the upcoming election, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like our nation as a whole has, has, is facing uh, uh, perhaps uh, one of the greatest challenges, and we're in the great season of struggling and just really wanting to get our bearing together. Was it last week? We, we experienced an earthquake. We were suddenly awakened in the middle of the night, and in a couple of pastor friends and I, we joked this past week, like, hey, man, we're just, maybe this week we will see great pestilence hit this land, you know. 
We have to be careful what we say nowadays, right? But, I mean, it's just been a year of just unpredictable things, calamity and just difficulties and hardships left and right. And all of, while all of this is going on, I can't help to wonder, man, what will our world look like? You know, and I'm quite anxious about uh, whether the world we live in, the country that I live in, the country that I love and serve, I mean, I mean I'm honestly, like, I don't even know what uh, the world, uh, what the nation will look like next term. We're often shaken. We find ourselves more flustered these days. And through these great hardships, I simply want all of us to make sure that our lives aren't going to just falter. And I'm, my, my, oftentimes my prayer to God is that, God, I want to make sure that even though there's chaos surrounding us, there's so many hardships, unpredictable events happening left and right. God, would you protect us? God, would you make sure that the bottom of our lives are not falling out, God? Would you keep us safe? And, and I think maybe you sharing the same sentiments, that we want to just simply make sure that the lives that we are building will stand to last. All right? So as a final talk of the Porch Talk series, I want us to uh, contemplate, contemplate on that issue together. So without further ado, would you open up your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. Again, that's the book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. And this is a reading of God's word. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, and not as their scribes. Amen. Friends, would you bow your heads with me in prayer before we begin? God, we thank you, Lord. God, as we gather together in your house God, as we open up the Bible and wanting to hear and listen from you, Lord, God, would you reveal the contents of our hearts? God, we pray not just for revelation for that causes for us to understand, but God, I pray for the gift of faith and the courage so that we may adhere to the word. God, we want to be doers of your word, God. God, we want to see our lives being built, being established on the solid foundation that is in your son, Jesus Christ. So now, God, would you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive all that you are ready to impart to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today's passage comes at the end of what we know as a sermon 
on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is actually a series of Jesus' teaching where he's speaking directly to his own followers. And in that, he's, he's giving lessons. He's actually imparting the values that are important and pertinent in the kingdom of God. He's now, Jesus' focus is now shifting their attention and their attitudes away from the things of the earth, now, uh, now gearing towards of the heavenlies. And it's these are practical teachings and applications for life as well. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about turning the other cheek. If someone offends you, someone attacks you, Jesus talks about this radical thing, turn the other cheek. And he encourages them to be the salt and the light of the world. He says, avoid lust and anger. He talks about not worrying. And he says, forgive lest we ourselves would not be forgiven. And he says, don't judge others and don't seek the applause of men, but do good in secret. Now, he's giving in this instance, now this parable that we have just read comes at the very end of chapter 7, the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, as if Jesus, as, as if Jesus wants to really drive home an important point. In order for us to benefit from his wisdom and his ways, and Jesus reiterates the importance of that, we must be like a man who built his house on the solid rock, of, a solid foundation of rock, rather than the one who built their house on the sand. You with me? So consider that imagery. Building your house either on the fir- uh, solid foundation, solid rock, or on the foundation of sand. Now, when you think about storms in your life, I know that you're not necessarily thinking about the natural disas- disasters. I know that you're not just thinking about thunderstorms, earthquakes, or snowstorms and such. You are probably right in that when you think about uh, um, storms in your life, perhaps you're thinking about dealing with financial difficulties or dealing with difficult or broken relationship in your life, withstanding legal problems, or you have perhaps painful health problems that you see in your own life or in the lives of your own family, the loss of someone you love, dealing with rebellious or difficult children. Maybe you're navigating through tough obstacles as you become a parent for the first time ever. You see, I think it's true that in life, we're all going to face these kinds of storms. Some personal, some communal, some in in a larger scale is a national crisis as well. And if there's anything that we have learned in life thus far, is that these hardships, that these storms of life, it's not really a matter of if. Rather, these storms will come. It's just a matter of when. It is true that these are on, there are only two kinds of people in this world. That first is this, those who are going through a crisis. And the second type of people is this. First is those that are going through, that are going through a crisis, Second, those that are going to go through a crisis. Now, do you see the difference between the two groups here? One, going through a crisis, and one who that is going to go through a crisis. I was reminded of Winston Churchill when he said, if you're going through hell, keep on going. If you're going through hell, keep on going. 
And, and when I think about his uh, a quote, I, I get really inspired. I get really reminded of that. I get, I get infused with this incredible strength and courage. Like, you know what? I, I embrace hardships. I embrace the difficult situations and circumstances in life. And my focus is that I'm not going to falter when life gets difficult. I'm not going to be phased when I look around. There's storms in my life. There's unpredictable uh, circumstances happening all around me. My focus is clear in that I will make it out of this difficult situation. And I believe that in today's passage, Jesus shares about the difficulty of life. He's not mincing words here. He's not, dis- he's not hiding the fact that he's not giving a false illusion of that when you follow me, that you're not, your life now will be devoid of any kind of troubles. In fact, he foreshadows that you will see storms in your own life. You will encounter hardships and difficulties. And he poses a challenge. When these hardships come, will you find yourself, will you find your life being built on the solid foundation or Will you see your life merely built on the foundation of sand that is easily broken, that is easily put into disarray? And through this past parable, I want us to draw uh, draw just three uh, main lessons from here. Okay, I want you to look with me here. The first point is this. Everyone is building on some kind of foundation. Everyone is building their life on some kind of foundation foundation. And whether you see it differently or not, Jesus is quite intentional in portraying this picture that there are only two different options here. There are only two choices of which you are building your life. You either build on the solid and deep foundation or you build your life on a shallow and weak foundation. And Jesus eliminates any kind of ambiguity and vagueness in this passage. And I believe that he's quite intentional here. If you catch what Jesus is doing in the preceding verses, and I think you will understand a little better. In verses 13 and 14, Jesus talks about that there are two different gates. One is a narrow gate and one is a wide gate. One is narrow and difficult, and the other is wide and, quite, and in comparison, quite easy. And the broad way leads to destruction, and Jesus says the narrow and difficult gate leads to life. In verses 15 through 20, Jesus talks about that there are two different kinds of trees. One tree that bears good fruit, and the other tree that bears bad fruit. And Jesus says... Good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. Kind of obvious here. And, but Jesus is quite clear here. He's saying there's only two possibilities of living your life. And the example that we re- just read in our own main passage is no different than two other examples. Jesus says there are only two foundations. There are w- really only two ways of ziv- living your life. Your life is either being built on the solid foundation or a foundation that is weak, which is built, formed by sand. You are either walking in God's ways 
experiencing His transformation in your life and knowing His strength for difficult times, or you are walking away from God, you are not listening to the instructions of God and producing nothing of eternal value, and you are vulnerable to the storms and various difficulties of life. Again, you are one or the other. I think there's a great temptation where even Christians, we want to complicate this. We want to uh, unsimplify. Is that a word? We want to unsimplify what Jesus said made very simple for us. We try to dance around Jesus' clear portrayal of reality. And we often find ourselves getting in trouble when we try to dilute the clarity of Jesus' message. And we do this all the time. And we do it by infusing our ways and then we, we, we kind of mix, well, we, we give our suggestions, and we, we take in some of Jesus' instructions, and, and we go with what's easier for us, what's convenient for us, and we pursue our ways, and sometimes we season it with the ways and the instructions of God. And I think that's really our great mistake. And we, we, we see ourselves, again, when we assess, look back and assess, we see ourselves seeing our house on a weaker foundation that it should sit on. Again, the Bible is quite clear. You are one or the other. Which do you think you are? What is the foundation of your house today? When you examine your own life, when you examine in all the things that you're building right now, has it been according to the ways and destructions and the desires of God? Or has it been more so for your own sake uh, for your own self meaning your dreams your values you have used your own methods you have inquired and pursued your own timeline you have been, you have demanded your desires and your will to be done meaning you are at the very center of everything that goes on in your life in that there is no room for god there is no room to receive any kind of guidance, instructions, or being led by God because you yourself have not conceded of your will and desires unto Him. Or perhaps you have done everything that you can up until now, always inquiring of God. You inquire first of His desires, His thoughts, and you do everything that you can to align yourself with God's character, God's values, and God's ways. In that you are prayerful, in that you are patient, and you're thoughtful. You're never in rush. And there's incredible amount of trust that you place on God's timeline. Because again, you're not concerned about what is going on. You're concerned about what God is wanting to do and through your life. So everyone is going to build on some kind of foundation. Unfortunately for us, we have to remember it's one found, uh, either the foundation of sand or the firm, solid foundation that is on Christ. Second, there will be a, a, a time that tests, a time of testing will come that reveals the foundation of your house. And Jesus almost guarantees that. He says it's not a matter of if, it's only a matter of when. 
Every one of you will be, will be tested. You, your life will be met with great storms in life. And I want you to stop and think about the house that you live in. Think about the house that you live in. And now, if I were to ask you to describe your house to me, what words, what adjectives, what nouns would you dis- uh, use to describe your house to me? You would probably, most likely, tell me about the location of your house, what city, what county your house is in, probably the color. You would probably tell me the design of your house. You will tell me whether you have a one-car garage or two- or three-car garage. You will tell me what the front door looks like. You would also proceed on to tell me how many bedrooms you will have, how many bathrooms you'll have, what color your living room walls are, what color is your bed. All of these things, you would probably perhaps tell me about the square footage of your house. And I could almost guarantee you what you will not tell me about describing your house. I bet you that none of you have thought about telling me or describing to me the foundation of your house. You would probably not tell me how much, what amount of concrete was poured into setting as the basis and the foundation of your house. You would probably tell me not how strong your house is. Some of you maybe have thought about what your house is capable of withstanding in case of if there were to be any impact caused by earthquake or fire. Yes, it is, the, uh, it is the foundation of your house that makes all the difference. While we are more easily concerned about the beauty and the outer appearance of the house, What really matters truly, unless uh, the strength and the foundation of the house is fully secure, there really is no inherent value in discussing the beauty of the house. You with me so far? And this parable gives every indication that before the storms came, these two houses looked rather the same, rather looked identical. They may have both been attractive, probably both houses spacious to accommodate all the people that were living in it quite comfortable, furnished in the same, in, in, to the same degree. On the surface, you could not readily tell which house was built in the sand or which house was anchored deeply to the rock. It was only when the storms came, only when the storms struck both of the houses, you could, now, you could then see the difference in the homes. You see, the beauty of the house is measured by the things that are seen. But the strength of the house is measured, quite frankly, by the things that are unseen. Let me repeat that again. The beauty of the house is measured by the things that are seen. But the strength and the power of the house is measured by the things unseen. And I want to say this too. As we see Jesus uh, uh, portraying this powerful image of that our lives are, are, are like houses that we build. 
And he's cautioning all of us is that to not to be misconstrued by the outer appearance of our lives, but he's emphasizing the fact that we have to pay closer attention to the things that are unseen because that truly is the one that determines the strength, the long-sustaining power of our lives. You guys know that um, I'm an avid um, I'm a workout person. I love to exercise. And, and now it's been more than two decades, almost two and a half decades that I've devoted my life. And I would like to think of myself as a serious gym guy. So I've always lifted weights ever since I was like 18. I've always, you know, made a, a lifelong habit, right? But years ago when I was a leader, when I was a pastor of a collegiate ministry, I was challenged. I went to the gym with a couple of the guys in the college department. And we were working out, and I was, one of the guys challenged me, said, you know, and I'm doing my usual uh, chest workout. I'm doing my usual bicep curls, right? And then he kind of looked at me. He was a strong guy. He was a big guy, too. He kind of looked at me. He's like, hey, Scott, man, you, you, you're always working on the pretty muscles. And I kind of got offended at that moment. I turned to him, what do you mean pretty muscles? He said, you're always doing curls. Said, That's right. I'm always doing curls. That was a saying when I was young. He said, curls for girls, right? So, so I made it no uh, secret. I told him, yeah, I'm working out because I want to look good. And what better parts of the body that you want to work out to show off than your arms, bicep curls? They said, he said, Rev, none of that matters anyways. Man, you want to be, be strong? You got to work on your core muscles. I'm like, core muscles? And uh, honest to God, and from, age, from age, ages like 18 through 30, 32, Honestly, my generation, none of us really worked out our legs. There was no, I, have, I had never ever heard the term working out the core. Maybe I went to the wrong gym. But really, I spent many, many years just working on my chest, my biceps. And the guy challenged me. He's like, you want to be really strong? You, want, you really want to be a strong guy? Work out your core muscles. And then this guy taught me how to do, do squats, you know, all different kind of core exercises. And ever since then... I, I've balanced my workout so that I want to really work on the inner core strength. No one could really measure the core strength, right? But I tell you what, if someone wanted to come and push me, right, my bicep muscles are not going to stop them from pushing me away from my stance. You know what it is? It's my core. It's the, it's the hidden muscles. Like I'm right now I'm flexing. You can't tell. But all of my core right now is just like fired up, like, if you were to come knock me over, I'm, I guarantee you, you can't me, you cannot knock me over this chair. Come try me. That's right. That's what I thought. Right? And you see, like, you see, that's important. That's the beauty. You see, if we want to sustain what is seen, we must, we must first ascertain what is unseen. And Jesus is talking about that. Uh, steer away from just your fixation of beautifying the house on the outside. He's talking about what matters is the strong foundation of the house. Are you with me so far? Because the adversity will come. Difficulty will come. Storms in life will come and be rampant right before your eyes. 
And if you're not properly prepared, you will see all that is prepared, that all that you have built will vanish in just a moment. You know, it is quite impossible for us to tell who is, in, who is genuine in their faith life and who is not until the time of trial that comes. There's a saying in this, I love this, adversity introduces a man to himself. Adversity introduces a man to himself. What about this? Circumstances or hardships don't define who we are. They simply reveal what is inside of us. Meaning, when we encounter hardships and troubles in life, that's when we truly see what we are made of. And Jesus is challenging us. Do you have the strength within you? Is your life built on uh, just a, merely a mirage? Or is it built on something that is more lasting, that is more secure than what we have ourselves put together? You know, when a person faces a loss, when there's a great disappointment unraveling in that person's life, things simply don't go as expected. That's truly when the person's faith is going to reveal itself. In those uh, uh, pressured moments, a person who trusts God's wisdom in times of confusion, one who relies on God's strength when they themselves are weak, one who's able to look beyond the temporal and look onto eternity, one who relies on God's grace in times of personal failure, one who runs to God rather than run away from Him when things get difficult. Meaning, like right now, in 2020, when we see storms hitting us left and right, how do you feel? Do you find yourself always anxious? Do you find yourself constantly living in fear? Or perhaps there's complete void of any courage, any confidence. There's no confidence in the way you live your life. You're enamored by fear, anxiety, insecurity, or even in this crazy season, do you find yourself experiencing peace, experiencing comfort, because you yourself know that your life is being built on the solid foundation that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Jesus just does not paints a picture of what can be and what shouldn't be. He gives this wonderful comparison because he gives all of us a chance to build our lives on firm foundation. He says this in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And now there's a clear condition. By this time now, by, 
by, by now, I hope you are encouraged to, man, man, I want to build my life on the solid foundation. And Jesus tells us how we can do that. He says now, first he says, we must be hearers of the word. In that we must hear the truth. We must hear the words of Jesus. We must know the truth. And you know this. Truth is not just a collection of words. Truth, you and I know that it's a person. Truth himself is what the Lord Jesus Christ himself. First, we must know the truth. We must come into close relationship with the truth himself. And upon hearing Jesus speak, we know that the truth of God, Jesus himself, resides in us. He indwells our hearts. He takes center stage of our hearts. He's the focal point. He's a driver of all of our thoughts and all of our desires. And in that we are quick to act on the truth. We're not simply satisfied hearing what Jesus has to say, but we are encouraged, we're motivated, we're excited to act upon what Jesus Christ himself commands us and leads us to do each and every day. And here's my challenge to you. Oftentimes I think we feel good about Jesus speaking to us. Even in listening to sermons, I mean, it's, and the Word of God is powerful, right? But sometimes it's so powerful that I think with that initial impact, we, we, we kind of stopped at that. We love, if I can be quite frank, we love the feeling of being convicted by God. We love the sense when the power, the truth of God comes upon us and makes a lasting impact on our hearts. But you know what the Bible says? We must not just be hearers of the word, we must be doers of the word of God. I mean, each time, each instance, the word of God is being preached, and there's a conviction, there's a set of uh, uh, principles, there's a set of uh, a course of action to be encouraged and to be imprinted in our hearts. Guess what we have to do? We can't stop at just hearing the word of God. We must now, what? Be the doers of God's word. Quite frankly, Many of us, we stop at that. We have great intentions. We have all the intentions to live our lives for God. We have all the right intentions to obey God's word. We have right all the good intentions of helping the needy. We have all the good intentions of, of reading the Bible, praying, and, and worshiping our own time. But a lot of times, unfortunately, we stop. We see our lives just at those intentions. And this is where I call the sin of intentionality. I think so we get so caught up on, you know what, that's good. I think about it, I think about it. Sometimes, is it not true that we think so much about praying? It's quite possible for us to actually, because we have thought so much about praying, we think that we have prayed. You see what I'm talking about? We think so much about, man, it's, oh, man, it's time for me to read God's Word. It's time for me to... Read the Bible more and more and more and more. We think about it so much, like, oh, that was good. At least I told myself that I should. I don't know about you, but I know that that is not what God has called me for. I know that God is not constantly speaking to me, 
so that I might just hear and understand. But I know God is speaking to me because it is now my responsibility that my response to the spoken word is that I bring about change in my own life. I make daily adjustments. And I become now an eventual doer of God's word, not just merely a hearer of the word. You can know all things about God, but it won't help you if you don't do what he says. You can know that God wants your priority in your time, but it's meaningless until you actually reflect God on your calendar. You can know that God wants you to forgive, but it won't help you to stand in the storm unless you actually let go of the bitterness and you actually involve yourself in the act of forgiving others. You can know that God wants you to be, you know, sexually pure, be uh, uh, morally upstanding, but, but, but that knowledge alone would not help you stand in the storms unless you turn away from your affairs, unless you turn away from these temptations and be rightly, be centered on God's word. You can know that God wants you to be honest in your business you could have all the good intentions, but unless your books actually portray the changes, unless you begin inputting the right numbers rather than, you know, incorrect and, and lies, unless you are really actually transparent in all your records, it does not matter. Here's what Jesus is saying. Don't just look the part. Don't just sound like you have faith. But let your faith be real. Be a doer of the word. Allowing God's word, God's precepts, God's desires to take center stage. You know, while obedience to Jesus' words is not necessarily a protection from troubles, but you know what? It is a protection in troubles. Adhering to commands in the word of God it does not mean that you will never, it, it, it doesn't guarantee you immunity from hardships. But you know what? It does guarantee you that even in the midst of storms and difficulties, you will never, ever falter. So this is what I'm encouraging you to do today. Maybe I could have the praise team to come on up and, and be ready to lead us in, in final song and, and worship. I'm simply asking all of us to assess our lives. And through today's sermon, I really believe that we have to fully submit to Christ today. I, I know that's a word that gets thrown, out, thrown around often, but it's something that we don't really pay that close attention to. My prayer for you today is to submit fully to Christ, meaning allow God to properly assess your building, your house, the life that you have been so busy building, the life that you have been living. Allow Jesus to come and assess. Allow Him to show you the foundation of your life. Allow Jesus to grab your face, 
your pretty little face. It says, son, daughter, let's turn your attention away just just for a moment, away from the windows, away from the bedrooms, uh, away from the the, the carpet, the kitchen tiles, the sink, uh, away from those things. Uh, Quit counting how many bedrooms are, how many, quit counting, quit quit looking how pretty or beautiful the house is, but, but, but allow him to look, show you the foundation. Are we perhaps making the mistake spending so much time building our homes and our lives? On things that will not last. Maybe some of us started with good intentions. Maybe we started off the year well. But as pressures came in, as we have felt the pressure, as we are finding ourselves in greater suffering, that we have taken back control away from Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to do it. I'm going to work on this. This portion is mine. Jesus, this is my life. And today, may you and I find the courage to relinquish control back onto our God. Say, God, my life, can we say this? My life is not my own. This car that I'm driving, God, this is not my own. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, drive this bus. Jesus, you build my life. Amen. Friends, would you bow your heads with me in prayer? God, we want to build our lives on you, Jesus. We no longer want to be the ones deciding what is right, what is good. God, we want to to see less of us and more of you in our lives. God, truly, as the year has proven that we will see even greater storms that will surround us in life. And God, truly, truly, be the center of all that we do. God, be the core strength of our lives. God, may we experience the power and even great joy knowing that you are our backbone, God. You are the life-giving force. God, our joy and confidence do not depend on what is seen, but God, it is 
dependent on what is unseen. Though we cannot see you with our naked eyes, God, we know that you reside in us. And I know that you in us provides great power, allowing us to overcome various trials in life. So God, come. Remind us of your great presence to all of us. Jesus, we pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Church, now we're going to transition on to the time of giving offering unto the Lord. And the Bible teaches us that this is also our expression of worship unto God. So I encourage all of us to take this time to give not just monetary offering, but more importantly, give your hearts Again, give your lives as we give our offering unto the Lord. Go on to our website, rooftopchurch.com, and click on the far right tab called Give. And as the Holy Spirit empowers you, as the Holy Spirit inspires you, give. Amen? Let us worship.